So before we start, can I check uh, you've got your window open so that we can hear all the mopeds? We didn't hear mopeds last week. We did. You're... I had to edit out loads of stuff because you had your window open. So all I could hear was the roar of Worthing's mobility scooters going up and down the road. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you didn't have to put up with the sound of me suffocating in a stiflingly hot office like I am now. Well, get... I don't know, get air conditioning. I'll get Rachel to waft you with a fan or something. I, I would know. if I had the chance. She's busy. She's like started her own cottage industry making masks. I can't get her away from the blooming machine. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's making masks. I know. But everyone's commissioning her because she's got, you know, because she's a quilter and everything. So she has tons of fabric. Oh, right. All this fabric that's been stored away, beautiful fabrics, now getting made into sort of a designer... Masks. Oh, lovely. Great. Oh. Oh, well, at least one of you is doing something productive. <laughs> exactly. So uh, let's press on, shall we? Shall we? Welcome, everybody, to episode... Hang on, I haven't got to the top of the running oh. Right, welcome, everybody, to episode 124. Unbelievable. Of the Midfaith Crisis podcast. How you doing? Yes. You're right. Yeah, me. Yes. I thought yes. you were talking to the listener. Sorry. Yes. Right now, I'm very well. Well, thank I could, you. but they're less responsive. It's lovely. It's lovely to start my podcast with you rebuking me, just because I have a bit of air in the room. No, no thanks you don't, for that. You never think about these things, honestly. The amount of post-production I have to do to make you sound good and it's a nightmare I'm the one who has to go through and edit it all out oh yeah but yeah yeah thanks for all your hard work with the running order this week with the millions of emails we've got yeah you make out like amazing isn't it I know everyone's decided to write in I know isn't it incredible it's like we finally found something people are interested in (laughs) it's like they're quite interested in the gospel who knew That's great. Anyway, how are you? I'm all right, yeah, yeah. Listen, I had a great text from my daughter, Lily, the other day. She said this, she said, An old man was busking outside the shop this afternoon on his keyboard. He played Shine Jesus Shine, transitioned into All That She Wants by Ace of Bass, and then finished off with a Stormzy's tune. (laughs) (laughs) Well... These worship leaders are going to do something nowadays. And that is what you want, really. Out of <laughs> that is. Leaders, that's a it? beautiful mix. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Other than that, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, good. Just been out for a long walk this morning, actually. Oh, yeah, I had, my, I had my manuscript back, so Uh-oh. I had to do some more work on that. And that's all right. It's okay. Is it? Okay. I was, I was very brave. I opened it. <laughs> Did it. Minimum of swearing. Well, that's very impressive. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. It good. was good actually because I thought we weren't going to be able to record this. I'm very glad we're doing this at this time because I thought I was going to be so busy on the manuscript that I wasn't going to have time. And I was going to. Ha- and the only time you had mm. was about seven thirty a.m. tomorrow morning. Exactly. So that would have been a nightmare. My favourite time to record a podcast. Only because I hate it so. It's not because you <laughs> love doing it. At that, yeah, time. No, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> We've long since established I'm a morning person and you're not. Indeed. I don't know what your time of day is. I'm not sure you have a time of day, to be fair. Anyway, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Thank you to everyone who's been sort of um, participating on Facebook. We've had some great threads, including Ethel the dog. 
Oh, I, yeah. I sent, <laughs> someone, you sent me a picture. Ethel the Cockapoo. Isn't that lovely? It's beautiful. And he's named it Ethel after our own listener, which is a beautiful <laughs> thing. And some very funny mm. comments on smiting the Amalekites, who are his neighbours. Thank very you. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, just... Um, I was chatting to Stephen, who's a regular contributor, and he said, you know, you should put lots of things on Facebook. And I thought, well, I don't like doing that, but he said I should. So I've tried to be putting more things on there, and uh, that's been quite fun. Lots of courgette-related posts, it has to be said. Oh, I'm glad I'm not on Facebook. And also, you haven't given me your links to the talks you've done, and I did a little talk with one church on death, but it was like a Zoom on death. So I thought I might... But those of you who like talking about death, and who doesn't? at this hmm. difficult time. We need something that will cheer <laughs> us all up. So I did a talk on death. Or they yeah. uh, they interviewed me about death. So if okay. you're interested in that, I'll stick it on uh, Facebook on Sunday uh, for yeah. your entertainment. What would be better? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, before we go any further, and I know we're not doing the feedback yet, but a piece of feedback. Dear Joe and equally Nick, the man to whom I am married, Tom Broadfoot, outdid himself at the beginning of the year and contacted you asking if you'd send him something inspirational for while I was in labour. You remember this? Yes. You were yes. incredibly kind and did so. As things turned out, the labour was so quick, Tim didn't have time to play me anything, but he shared it with me on the ward after and attached is a photo of how delighted, surprised and entertained I was by your beautiful offering. And she did send a picture of yes. herself laughing openly, which was very touching. Thank you so much for that, Lizzie. Thank you so very much. My delay in expressing gratitude is a reflection entirely on my baffled inability to adult now I'm a parent. Not at all on how much appreciated your clip was. Thank you especially for making me chuckle to myself. Now, on the odd occasion, pre-lockdown, my church band would sing Oh My Words Could Not Tell Not Even In Part and I would roguishly belt out gobbledygook lyrics instead. Excellent. <laughs> and we love that. You could now go into a Stormzy tune, actually. You yeah, could, that, yeah that would be exactly. Good. Our daughter, Josanna, is now five months and literally devouring all the great literature of our age. And she did send a picture of the baby teething, uh, I like I to know. think, on the Badly Behaved Bible. Excellent uh, photo. Such a gorgeous baby. <laughs> As well. I know. I, know. I thought you were going to say such a gorgeous book, but no. That's well, that well, as well. well done. Two, yes. two gorgeous things in one photo. <laughs> it was. And here's what might be considered the only piece of content in this e email. When she was still very little, I was astonished one day by the intensity of love I felt for this little creature asleep in my lap, telling her I love you so much and you have no idea who I even am. It struck me in the same moment that's how God feels about anyone who isn't in relationship with him. Mm. I'm not seeking anything from you, darling, little dot. I just love you so much. I want to eat your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on keeping on. You're very important to all 17 of us. And that's from Tom and Lixie. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you for the photos. They were absolutely the gorgeous. The photos brought me great joy yeah. this week. I am yeah. still smiling from them. And I saw them several days ago. So thank you. Uh, that's very that's good. Great. So listen. Mm. The good news, I mean, that's quite good. That's quite a thing. Well, that was good news. news. So straight away, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it <I think>. was. <laughs> God says, I love you so much. I just want to eat your cheeks. Um, <laughs> how is it? Have you got anywhere yet with your Well, I do, do you know, it, it still looks um, rough. Uh, can you see that? Um, I mean, obviously, the listener can't see it, but I'm holding up spider diagrams. Yes, and oh, I, right. I, You've I, done I, more than I have then. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm getting there. It's not finished, but... But in any case, we've had so much feedback. I thought we could still go through this week 
stealing all the good bits of other people's ideas. Well, indeed, it's been remarkable. Um, yeah. So I, my preliminary thought about it was I've come up with uh, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But apparently that's not original. So oh. I can't really do it. It sounds quite good. Though. But it's good. It's not bad. It, and it may well end up at that point. I'm not sure yeah. it can get any better. But... Um, uh, no, I mean, I've, we have had an astonishing response for this. So we we're going to we're going to do three parts at least on this, and yes. um, and and this one will be largely feedback. Um, a webinar I I, I listened to, in fact, or yeah. maybe you can watch. I can recommend here um, from Renovare, yeah. uh, called "Finding Good Words to Share the Good News" uh, with Trevor Hudson. Okay. And um, well, it's not actually no. It's not sharing the good news with Trevor Hudson because no. he already knows the good news. He does. He is good it's, news. He is good news. It finding the good news to share the good news with. And Trevor Hudson is on there. Uh, one of our um, oh. friends, and uh, you know, mm. he's been on this podcast. Yeah. And it's it's quite good. Although it it illustrates right from the beginning the difficulty of it because Trevor says right at the start. He said, well, the thing is, there is just so much, so many aspects to the good news. Yeah. So many bits that by sort of focusing on one, you necessarily miss out on Uh, so much of the others. Exactly. So, you know, uh, but people might find that uh, useful and I'll put the link in in there. Um, And I think that's really the difficulties I've been having is trying to, it's not Mm, so much sort of thinking what is good news about the gospel, because I can think about um, the message of Christ, but I can think lots of stuff. It's about Mm. distilling it down and finding different language in order to do it. That's the challenge, I think. Exactly. Yes, indeed. But anyway, we have something here that might help. Oh, good. Because this is the first email, and it's uh, from our old friend, um, Ethel. And she's written in uh, this. She says, Dear Reverend and Mrs Davis, I believe that your podcast is looking at the question of what is the good news. Good news for me would be knowing that you had decided to stop broadcasting, but it (laughs) seems that's not what you're talking about. Coincidentally, here in Upper Ramsbottom, we're about to launch a major evangelistic thrust. It's a, it's, don't. It's a three-week gospel crusade. We were hoping to have a huge marquee up in the recreation ground, but Brother Bernard got the booking mixed up and we're having to make do with a small gazebo. We were going to call our event Love Upper Ramsbottom, but that didn't sound right. So we're going to call it Hell Upper Ramsbottom instead. And that is the very nub of the good news, isn't it? That God is very angry with us, but that if we repent, we can join the elect. And the good news then is that instead of being angry at us, he'll just be angry at a lot of other people instead. Yours through him, next to those, and right up to my neck in that, Ethel Sadolk person. <laughs> well, there it is, yeah. There it is. She's helped a lot, I think. Good, there. <laughs> good summary. So if you're near, if you live near Upper Ram's Bottom, do... do <laughs> go, go and pay, pay to one of their crusades in their gazebo. Um, <laughs> anyway, there we go. Shall we get on with some proper emails? Shall we? Shall I do this one from Helen? Go on then. OK, Helen says this. Hi, Joe and N. My favourite explanation of the good news comes from God's Own by Mike Riddell, which I highly recommend. It is a great book. And he mm-hmm. says this. The separation between you and God is one-sided because God loves enough to understand everything that has happened. God just wants you back, but it's difficult getting close enough to let you know. Jesus was a love letter from God. It read, come on home, we're waiting for you. There's nothing you have done or can do that will make me stop loving you. I'll even die for you if that's what it takes. It made people feel guilty, so they nailed it to the cross. Healing involves you getting the message and believing it. 
And then Helen says, or in my words, Jesus is proof that God loves you and doesn't want to fry you. And that was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly the last I like the bit. ending. <laughs> yeah. I should send that to Ethel. <laughs> yes. But that's, that's a lovely idea of, of Jesus being a love letter. Yeah, I really like that. Yes, mm. indeed. Yeah. Anyway, mm. should, we, should we have another one? Yeah. Because we, we? we need to get through these. We are, we're going to crack on they? through these because this is the longest running order we've ever done. And this one from Lynn, who says, Firstly, I'm a scientist and poetry is not my forte. I have a very nuts and bolts approach to faith, although I have a great deal of respect for people who can take a more poetic approach. If I were sharing the good news of Jesus, I'd start with a question. The whole thing would be a dialogue, obviously, not just a series of statements. What do you think God is like? The good news is that Jesus came into the world to show us what God is really like, and he's not like that at all. God's overall plan is that he wants to bring heaven and earth together. In the way of praying that Jesus showed us, he prays God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If everyone on earth lived the Jesus way, then heaven would become a reality on earth. What is the Jesus way? It's the way of love, caring for and respecting people, not judging people, caring particularly for the people who are struggling most in this world, those who are at the bottom of the heap, the people who have the least. God wants to bring lasting justice on earth so that every single person lives for the common good, not for what they can get out of it at someone else's expense. God loves you exactly as you are at this moment now. You're already a child of God. God has given you life. In fact, God is the giver of all life and he wants most of you. And what he wants most for you is that you have the life he wants to give you in all its fullness. He cares for every single person on this earth in this same way. Firstly, it helps to find out what Jesus said about how we should live and then realise that Jesus hasn't left you alone to struggle to be kind or nice to the other people around you because that can be challenging. You just have to tune into the essence, the spirit of God that's already inside you to help you to live in the way that Jesus spoke about when he was here on earth. That spirit of God helps you to make the right choices in life, the right decisions, the choices that help you and other people to grow and flourish, not the choices that hurt yourself or hurt other people. Some people call the bad decision sin. God really wants you to get on board his story, the story that's been running since before time began. It's an exciting journey full of new discoveries. So what's stopping you from getting on board? Thank you, Lynn. I like that she's done that as a kind of dialogue and, you know, tried to emphasise you can't just sort of roll out a, a list of statements, but you've got to kind of do it in conversation. But there's some really good points in there, isn't there? I like the, the, you know, obviously the emphasis on Jesus is the way, Jesus showing us the example, Jesus showing us mm. what God is like. I think most of our our correspondents acknowledge that, you know, the, these are not sort of statements for a tract, mm. but, uh, you know, better done in conversation with people. And, and in fact, the Renovari webinar, a lot of it is Trevor talking mm. about listening mm. to people and about yeah. being the being the good news. Yeah. people so we're, we're trying to be quite reductive here and find a, a sort of summary of what the good news is but actually for most people i think we'll ever encounter we will be the only good news they ever encounter in that sense mm. you know they'll judge everything on, on yeah. our actions which is another theme that we've been talking about a lot in yeah. in, in recent podcasts yeah i mean i really like that and i, th I think it's you, you know it's in some ways it's what you might expect but there were some things that were not classic orthodoxy like you are already a child of god it's not beca yes. becoming yeah. a child of god you're already it's it's yes. almost like yeah. waking up dare i say it to who yeah. you really are there's so much more we could say but we've got to hear from peter i'll do this one shall yeah I? Uh, although it's just addressed to you great mm -hmm. hi joe 
Uh, says Peter. Just mm. listen to the Good News podcast. It reminded me of an occasion when I was running a youth club under the auspices of a national organisation. Our leaders were asked to attend a training event. The trainer set out a scenario. You're running the club one evening and a group of boys are playing football in a field. Brackets, not sure why it had to be boys, but that was the scenario. Close brackets. Now, as you approach them, as this is the trainer speaking, now as you approach them, what's the best news you could possibly give them? She then pointed at me and I replied, it's okay, you can carry on playing football. <laughs> she looked puzzled and then laughed and said, haha, okay, so what's the real answer? It was my turn to look puzzled and I replied along the lines of, well, if they saw me coming towards them, they would think that it was to ask them to go inside for some sort of meeting or some other way to stop them doing what they're enjoying. So, yes, as far as they're concerned, the best possible news would be that they can carry on what they're doing. She looked even more puzzled and said, I'm going to have to keep an eye on you and proceeded to ignore me for the rest of the session. So I guess the definition of good news depends on the context. Keep up the good work, Pete. <laughs> Excellent. Um, it's it's interesting that isn't it because often the the way we present the good news is in fact mm. quite bad news for people. Yeah. I mean I don't mean just mean the language no, I, I mean agree. the way we do it. You know the, yeah. the the Ethel's gazebo on the green or whatever yeah, or exactly. forcing people to sit on a 40 yeah. minute thing where people tell them how guilty they are. Yeah. That's actually quite bad news for people. Exactly. Um I mean what's fascinating about doing this email by email is everyone's emphasizing a slightly different truth a slightly different aspect yeah, yeah. of the gospel. Um, okay, so shall I move on? Do. Uh, to yeah. Alison. Hi, Nick and Joe. I remember sat in a doctrine class back in the mid-80s and realising that the good news is found here. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Suddenly there was. I never personally ate from the tree, but the curse I had been taught about in Sunday school, that all humanity is wretched, depraved, exposed to God's wrath, regardless of our personal choices, failures, weaknesses, circumstances, whatever. Jesus cleared it all away. No longer are we miserable sinners trapped in original sin at birth. The good news is Jesus brings life, life in all its fullness to all. That's good news that sets me free. By mm. the way, there's no box for the jigsaw because there is no box. Thanks for your podcast. That, and that was a <laughs> reference to a previous week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what's good in that one is, um, obviously it's coming from a different theological perspective, but I think mm. it, the sense of liberty mm. and freedom, that is also part yeah. and parcel of the good news, that Jesus has cleared it all away and that we're, you know, we're no longer trapped by things. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of people do feel trapped in their lives, whether whether they would be trapped by that stuff, I don't know, but but they feel trapped by a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think though no one is using the sort of sin word, I've noticed, because I think they feel that's a very churchy word. We're not sort of throwing away the baby with the bathwater here. They're, they're all wanting to say, look, there's a, a degree of liberation yes. from things that have happened to us and things we do to ourselves even. So, yeah, this is all good. Uh, this is from Ian. Yeah. And Ian says this, he says, my thinking and practice on this has been shaped by in the last few years by being a Glasgow street pastor. Ah. Well, good, good on you. Yeah, Ian. exactly. And by answering some challenging questions and having some deep conversations on the streets of Glasgow in the early hours of Saturday mornings. A great learning environment. <laughs> Firstly, on the question of whether the good news is the same for everyone, I'd say that the starting point for following Jesus is different for everyone. It's certainly not the classic repent of your sins and believe formula. For example, the last deep conversation I had before lockdown was with a young man who was trying to persuade us that the experience he'd had with psychedelic drugs was similar to spiritual experiences we might have with God. 
we said back to him that following Jesus is about more than just these experiences, but about loving ourselves and others, about service, about growing as people, etc. You put it so well in your podcast. But I don't think we put it as well as that, no, actually, no, Ian, no, but there you go. No. Um, the good news we might share with those seeking the meaning of life or those struggling with grief or with addiction or guilt would be different. I've had discussions on all of these topics. These are personal journeys, but if I had to write down the gospel without jargon, it would go something like this. The good news is there is a God who started everything off and keeps it going. Currently, the world is in a mess and not the way he wants it to be. But God has shown us in Jesus especially that he loves us more than we can know and that he understands what it's like to be human. In Jesus, we see what God is like and how he wants us to live. For now, everyone, all of humanity, is invited by God to be a partner in changing the world. This invitation is to a new quality of life, a new type of community, and to an experience of God that, as Jesus shows, will last beyond death. I'm sure by tomorrow I'll see loads of flaws in this, but I thought I'd chip in. Really looking forward to next week's episode. Well, hope you're wow. still looking forward to it. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. I think I really like oh, the simplicity of that. Brilliant. Lovely. What I think I like there is that idea of a new quality of life. Yeah. I, I think that's a really powerful thing for people, who's li- many of whose lives mm. lack any kind of... Mm. Or, uh, to them, they feel like they lack quality. Yeah, I also like the opening statement. The good news is that there is a God. So it's back to yes. the whole thing. We can't assume yes. people, you know, so, hey, there is, and not who you thought. And yeah. even then, then you've got to persuade the uh, people that the idea that there is a God is actually good news. Yes, exactly. So there's, yeah. Um, okay, so Debbie, from the land of zucchinis, we've confused a lot of listeners by talking about courgettes. Yeah, not zucchini. They've been going, what's a courgette? They've been Googling it. They've been crashing the internet. What's oh, a yeah. I see. These are, f- yeah. these are colonials. They are colonials. Is that the, wor- is that the acceptable yeah. word now? I, think I get so. confused. I think that's the right, correct use of the non-white <laughs> supremist. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Debbie says this. Uh, it's really simple and I really like this. It was a longer email. I've, I've radically cut these emails, as you can yes, tell. Yes. Uh, but Debbie says this. Love is here. Love is a available to you you are worth a smile and acknowledgement that you are seen and an, an acknowledgement that i am interested in what you have to say so that's a kind of great what god is saying to you lovely eh? yeah thanks that, and that i think again you, if you listen to the renovare thing or watch the watch, yeah. watch the webinar or whatever um there's a lot in there about listening to people and acknowledging yeah. and being interested in what people say and not just seeing people as a project uh, yeah, you know, yeah, something to fix in that sense. I'm right. Great. Okay. I'm I'm just cracking straight. Off yeah, you you go, one, so. you go you go this one. Yeah. So Matt says hi guys. Uh, he said lots of things. He quotes from Stephen Backhouse. Steve, do you, he who has a podcast. Who knew there were other podcasts available to listen to? But, well, I um, don't listen to them. No, obviously. Anyway. And he says one of the ways he describes the good news of Jesus is by saying the rightful king has broken the siege. Which is obviously a bit of a super metaphor, but it speaks to something which, as far as I can think, hasn't been touched on in the podcast. And that is reframing the good news of Jesus as both being freedom from what we have done wrong and freedom from the wrong done to us. By that, I don't mean so much the individual things, which are in no way inferior, but more the things in the world that enslave us. Which does make me think of some of Nick's book on Revelation in terms of the beasts and such. When I say things that enslave us, I'm thinking of things like success or money or health, things which are often good, but when they command our full allegiance, they enslave and hurt us. The metaphor of being under siege feels incredibly apt to me. 
As a recent graduate with friends who are graduating, I have seen friends under, under siege to achieve mm. academically and then under siege to get a job, not necessarily by individuals being unkind, but by systems and cultures. I think it does land with what you said in episode 123, that the good news is about the kingdom of God. For me, the good news of Jesus could be rounded up a bit like this, although this is off the cuff a bit. So here it goes with just three points. The world is not like it should be. Obviously, I have eyes. Also, what a relief that all the terrible stuff in the world isn't part of the natural order of things. Secondly, Jesus has come that you might have freedom from the things that oppress you, even if you have worked on the side of the oppressor. And thirdly, to call Jesus your king is different from calling anything else your king because he uses his authority to serve rather than to be served, washing feet, feeding the hungry, making wine, dying on a cross, etc. It's a bit of a ramble, so apologies. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for giving us listeners a chance to chip in. Words to that effect? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I like the... Um... I like the metaphor again it's kind of a it's like the kingdom of god it's a quite a tricky metaphor but it does have that idea of if you're besieged you're essentially trapped you know you are trapped in a town yeah. or a castle yeah. some fortified thing and you, uh, and jesus has come to to um lift the siege i quite like that yeah i mean i when he started off i thought i don't like this straight away yeah, so he started off by saying the rightful king has broken yeah. the siege and i'm just saying oh king siege no 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 a bit game of thrones isn't yes it? but as he explained it i did start to think more and more oh, yeah no this is this is good stuff i'm just not sure how much king and siege no i wouldn't use that but i think this it's an is... interesting image mm. and it kind of makes me think well what would equate to it now yeah how yeah. do people feel besieged now? What are they, and that's what he goes on to talk about, doesn't he? All those different pressures that people Brilliant. feel. Brilliant examples, I, yeah. I think would be interesting. Great, mm. thank mm. you. Well, um, shall I do this one? I'll do this yeah. one from Rebecca. Yeah. I think that the good news is that the universe is not uncaring or malevolent, but has love at the centre and all around if we can only see it. I'm lucky enough to be on holiday in a quiet corner of Snowdonia at the moment and it's easier to connect to that love in every flower, every mountain, in the wide skies and the coastline. But most days, even on bad days, I know it to be true. I was lucky enough to be brought up by loving parents so the idea of a father God who delights in us and wants the best for us is more manageable for me than maybe it is for many people. There is more good news for me. I can believe that Jesus was slash is a human, relatable incarnation of that God, and that a lifelong study of all that he was slash is, is a route to justice and truth and fulfilment. There's so much more I want to say. I've never tried to write down this stuff before, but I'll never finish the email and you'll get bored of my ramblings. Well, we, we won't, but I, you yeah. probably wouldn't finish the email. That's, that's, yeah, that's the exactly. problem we're wrestling with. Um, yeah, so nature comes in there, creation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting when I was looking at those um, Bible verses last week. It seems longer ago um, that, that the you know there is the verses in the Bible where the good news is good news for all creation. Yeah, in fact. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you know it's about how the the good news is good news for all the world. It's not just for human beings. Yeah, I really like that, and that sort of takes us back to uh, I remember something that. Dallas Willard used to emphasize that you know the very first job given to humanity is I think it's you know caring for the fish of the sea or something like that you know yeah, it's like it's yeah. like this is good news for all creation we're sort of called to look after and care for creation and and to um, well and to join in the work of co-creating with God mm. which I guess is that whole partnership 
thing. And I think the other thing about it is listening to it. You know, so what's happening there is not just sort of, you know, um, looking after, managing, stewarding is the word, isn't Mm. it, creation, but also hearing what creation has to say to us about God. I think that's really interesting. Oh, yes. And that comes over in what Rebecca was saying there. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks. That was great. Okay, one from Tim. Uh, Tim says, hello, chaps. Nice to hear from you, Tim. Uh, So what's the good news, you ask? Well, that's a challenging question. I'd prefer this to be part of a conversation, obviously, rather than my statement of what the good news is. But here we go. The good news for me is that God, the creator of everything, is bothered about the world and absolutely everything and everyone. Mm. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, lived on the earth and did a hard reset on humanity's relationship with God. (laughs) That's lovely. Uh, Through who he was and what he did and taught, he gave us a glimpse of what God is really like. Jesus' life, death and resurrection made it possible for everyone to have life and have it to the full, starting right now, going on forever. In my opinion, it takes a lifetime to work out what to the full really means. Through Jesus, we can experience and rest in God's endless, unfathomable love. And then he says, bongos, I'm just saving you a job, will happen. But God is with us and it's better knowing that than not. That's it. I will undoubtedly reflect and refine. And that's from Tim. Lovely. Great. Like that I like line. the hard reset. I like that line very yeah. much. Now, that's a lovely contemporary image, isn't it? A hard yeah. reset. as wiping the drive clean, isn't it? That's mm, like yeah, yeah. full factory reset. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think... Yeah, I I really like that, and and I I think that the idea about God being bothered about the world as well that's really important. Yeah. It's really mm. important that God is not distant, and hasn't just set it off and just gone yeah. away. Especially as we, we as we more and more get the feel for the size of the universe, you know, and how utterly incomprehensible that is. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's that's that is probably quite an important statement in the gospel. Yeah, and I think that last line is actually really profound. You know. Mm bongos will happen but god is with us and it's better knowing that than not yeah i think a lot of people who listen to this mm. podcast would echo that you mm. know that it's better knowing that god is with you than feeling abandoned and yeah. doesn't get you out of all the bongos that stuff yeah exactly yeah no it's great Good. uh okay this one from ian this this must be a record by the way joe for the number of Oh, feedback things in any a show. Long, long way. Let's anyway, keep going. Keep going. Okay, we're going to keep going because um, we've got nothing else to do apparently. So let no, we're going to keep going. So Ian, this was from Ian. What's so good about the good news? It's simply this: I can be me. I think I successfully convince myself most of the time that I am me. But how true is that? And for God to do all He wishes to do in my life, I really do have to be me, totally me, and not the me I'd like to present. The naked self, I guess, which means being completely vulnerable with no coverings. You shouldn't say that thing and uh, kind of stuff in front of Joe because he'll be off down the beach with his (laughs) seagull mask. Anyway, the the good news is that we can trust God with our true selves. I was reminded of some oft-quoted words of T.S. Eliot, which I can't say I fully understand, but something resonates. We shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. I'd like to modify that thought in applying it to my walk with Jesus. It's a journey of ceaseless exploration, and at the end of it, perhaps I will arrive where I started and know not only God, but myself fully for the first time. Yeah, I like that. It's it's taken a while to get to an email a bit like this, that someone's actually introducing that sort of, you know, picture of mental health and Mm. sort of Mm. psychology as well, which I thought would have come earlier perhaps but thank you for that Ian 
and honesty and vulnerability mm. and mm. Yeah, yeah, the the, the the, jo- the the relief I remember, you know, part of the stuff that started me on this journey, you know, writing mm. the Dark Knight of the Shed and all that, the mm. relief you feel when you can actually just be yourself with God, yeah, and, and you and you and in fact that gives you the strength to be yourself with other people as well. Mm. Um, it is that is really good news for me actually. Yeah. That's really helpful, Ian. Thank you very much. No, it's really good, and and mm. I, w- I want to talk about the church there and the church being that base where we learn to receive each other as we truly are but there's not time um lisa says when you asked the question what is the good news the word that came to mind was hope hope is mentioned 180 times in the bible 97 mm. in the old testament 83 in the new job mentions it 18 times unsurprisingly and is mentioned 34 times in the psalms and then she says geeky bit over and she goes on to compare the hope in the Bible with the hopelessness we see in the world, especially the COVID world. And she finishes with this, which I really like. I'm very well aware that God doesn't intervene in every situation and all of our earthly struggles don't miraculously disappear when we acknowledge our faith and hope in our Saviour. However, Jesus gives us hope of what is to come. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? that isn't good news i don't know what is god bless you and keep safe and that's from lisa hope yeah absolutely yeah. really important word Hang great on, just, write, just write that down <laughs> you know what i'm starting to realize though the more we go oh that's brilliant yeah i oh, know that's brilliant that's brilliant the longer our one our version ends up being well, i think I... that's the point you know yeah the... The, the good news is a journey isn't it and you're always going to find out more and more aspects of it um Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, how are we going to edit that down? No. I I suspect we won't. Uh, we won't be anywhere near as good as what what's in this episode anyway. But um, no. Well, that, that's not a very good trailer for next week, is it? Really? Not really. <laughs> yeah, but but it's quite near the end of the podcast, so people will have switched off by now anyway. <laughs> they will have gone. Yeah. Anyway, fair get enough. On with, get on with Ian. Ian. Oh, 38. okay. Another Ian. Oh, I'm uh, doing another Ian, but it's spelt yeah. differently. It's spelt yeah. with an, two eyes. Um, Hello, Joe and Nick. I've just listened to this week's podcast about the good news and was prompted to write by Joe's remark that for a blind person, what the good news is would be obvious. It would be the restoration of sight. For many blind people, this would not be felt to be the good news. If I take my own case, I have no visual memory at all being blind all my life. I don't even know the difference between light and dark. To suddenly receive sight for many would be an overwhelming and terrifying experience. Were the opportunity to receive sight to be offered to me, I like to think I would take it. However, it would be scary. As to what the good news is, perhaps it is different things to different people at different times in their lives. At this time in my life, the most important part of the good news is acceptance, inclusion and love. I am welcomed, accepted, included and loved as I am. There is much that will flow from that, but this seems at this point in my life to be the hardcore of the good news. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you. That's really helpful. Well, it was really helpful. And what I loved about it, of course, is he picked me up on this kind of assumptions we make. You know, specifically here, it was a kind of throwaway comment last week Mm. I was making, but the the assumption that I know what good news would be for you. Maybe I don't know what good news would be for you. So that it just reinforces that how we got to listen to each other. You know, and and the gospel isn't a kind of one-size-fits-all gospel. No. But is actually genuinely good news to each individual i guess yeah. i mean inclusion is a key part of the good news in mm. the new testament um definitions and things like that so it's really important Absolutely. i think that's got to form part of it as well yeah 
Absolutely. Right, this is from Brian. He says, I've come to the conclusion that the good news is simply you are loved right now, just as you are. If you can allow yourself to believe that and take it deep inside you, there's a relief and calmness that transforms. Subsequently, this will inform your beliefs and behaviours and take away the pressure to perform and measure up to someone else's arbitrary standards. Mm. Thank you, Brian. That's similar to the acceptance ones that we had earlier. That's really good. OK, so, well, time is marching on and, and we we haven't begun to read all of them by any means. So if I haven't read out your email, I, I promise you all I have read them and we've really enjoyed them. And everyone has a slightly different emphasis and a slightly different, you know, angle on it, which is so helpful. But um, I think we should draw to an end. So are you happy to read this one from Beth? Yes. Yes. Let's end with this one. Um, yeah. This is from Beth and she says, Dear Nick and Joe, I've been thinking so much about your question, what is the good news? And having listened to last week's podcast, I just wanted to add my thoughts, which have been growing in me this past year, but even more so in these last few days. It is fair to say that the last year for me has been the most difficult I've experienced, one deeply full of loss and grief. But what has struck me most during this time is strangely not the fragility of what I thought was secure, but the endurance of what I thought was fragile. There is a quote by Pima Chodron which says, You must face annihilation over again and over again to find what is indestructible about yourself. And it struck me that this is maybe what Jesus was saying when he spoke about losing your life to find it. I've come to realise that the good news, for me at least, is not what died on the cross with Jesus, but what survived it. I think it's important to acknowledge what is lost at the cross, that Jesus' humanity, his dignity, his relationships, his reputation, his hopes and eventually his life are stripped from him there. But if the resurrection teaches us anything, it is hopefully what cannot be taken from us. That what was of God in Jesus was ultimately indestructible in him, and therefore in us. I know now, better than I ever have, that love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, hope, faith are indestructible, inexplicably and abidingly so. And that to me is incredibly good news and definitely worth telling the world about. Thanks for asking the question and also for the podcast, which in general is a joy. Ah. Wow, Beth. Oh, man. <laughs> I really don't think I'm going to beat that. No. We, it's not we, a competition. It's not a no. competition. Hey, but, <laughs> but, you know, that was... Beth, that's brilliant. Thank you Beth, very much. Beth, you knocked it out of the park there. And what, what a fantastic way of conceiving of the gospel. You know, just that, that whole thing. And, and obviously this has added weight doesn't it? Uh, kavod, you know, that the Hebrew word, I don't know. But, you know, that it's just got added weight because she says it's been a year of loss yeah. and, and struggle and grief. And so this isn't born out of just a kind of idle pondering that I might do, thinking what's the gospel. But it's, it's been a felt experience and that comes through the words uh, yeah. that she's saying. There. So thank you so much for that. Uh, just brilliant. And I love this idea that love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and hope and faith are indestructible. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody. You know, it's uh, I've been I just threw the question out. I never thought that it was going to be like this. And, yeah. you know, we're still getting emails in. And so we'll come back next week for, for, for the good news. Part three. At least it's making the titles of the podcast easy to find. Yes, exactly. You know? I don't know if you think those ones, though. Um, and, and, and we'll we'll try and round it all up. I don't think yeah. I'm going to be able to come up with no. anything stunning. No. That is no. going to, but we'll no. try maybe and summarise these themes next week and talk about those and, and bring those together. And yeah. um, in the meantime, if you're just catching up with us, of course, you know, send us an email at oh Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Uh, yeah, that would be great to hear from you as well. So um, 
thank you to all who support the podcast. That is incredibly yeah, kind of you. We're, we're really grateful for that. And we'll be back with you next week. Yep, see you then. Can't wait. <laughs>